Hey team, this is Grant David Collins and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, connection, and impact with their money regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the philanthropy continuum. So let's get started. How did the $20 philanthropy challenge go last week? For those of you who haven't quite caught up in that episode or you skipped ahead because this this sounded like it was going to be a a fun one to hit, um, or this is your first episode, I gave out a challenge to the basement philanthropy community last week to put a $20 bill on their desk and see what would happen in their lives so that they could give it away in some sort of philanthropic, impactful situation that would come up in their lives. And just like I promised, I did that as well on my side. And what I decided to do was on my street where I live, I have some neighbors that I'm pretty close with. And because of this relationship, I know a little bit about what's going on in their lives and realized that they could likely use a little bit of sunshine. And so what I decided to do was I was going to get them a bowl or a basket, hanging basket of flowers. And I thought it was going to be a relatively easy thing to do. But when I went out to the stores to get them, because it's been so hot in Utah, everywhere I went, it was all, all the flowers, they were all wilted. And so finally, I go to the garden section in Lowe's and Most of their flowers are the same way, but I head off into the shaded area and found this beautiful arrangement of purple and white flowers. And if you're watching the video podcast, you will see that right now. But it it was it was what I wanted. It was it was really nice and it was only 20 bucks. So great way to get involved. And one of the things I realized is in the intro to this podcast, I talk about how this is a place where you can go before you're rich or retired to create meaning, connection, and impact with your money regardless of the amount. And one of the things I'm going to start doing to facilitate that is when it is just me on the podcast, I'm not interviewing anybody, I will share with you a way that you could get involved with your money on that week. And if it aligns for you, go on and create that. And if for some reason it doesn't align for you, but something else does, like, that's that's the whole art of this whole thing. It's it's not about the exact project that you get involved with. It's more about just getting involved in the first place. So I hope that you will take me up on the challenges that I have going forward or, or the ideas that I have going forward because that's the first step in getting involved. And we're going to be talking about the rest of that journey today on the podcast. I had a conversation the other week with somebody who is deeply involved with philanthropy. They have made this their career. They have a ton of experience. And I was really excited to talk to this person because they have a lot more experience than I do. And I walked away from that conversation feeling a little bit off. It wasn't because of the conversation. The conversation went great. This person was so, so kind and supportive of what I was doing. But they, they, pulled back this cover even more um, for me. And I realized that, uh, man, I've got so much more 
room to grow in this space. And and not that I didn't think that already, but it was just opened up to me that that was the case. I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you you think you're on this track to making something happen or um, having understanding in an area, and then someone comes in your life and you realize that you've got a lot more to go. That's, that's kind of how this was. And so I started to put together a framework for my own journey in this space. And I would like to call it the philanthropy continuum, uh, but I feel like that's a little bit unapproachable. It's kind of a little bit sp- spacey, I guess, uh, uh, kind of like Stephen Hawking type situation. Not that Stephen Hawking is a bad. I just would like it to be a little bit more relatable. So I think that I'm going to be, be actually calling it the phases of individual or personal philanthropy. But the reason why I came up with this is I want to map out the high-level look at what my journey was going to be in philanthropy and then map out how I can, in this space, truly make an impact and help others go through a similar process so that their philanthropy can continue to become more and more impactful as they get more and more involved in this space. If you're not watching the video podcast, I have left a link in the podcast description that you can click to that will show you this diagram that I've built. And this is just the first iteration. So it's the first draft. It will likely continue to take shape over time. But for those of you who are watching the video podcast, here it is right up in front of you. And you'll notice that it has six different phases when it comes to philanthropy. I want to take the last part of this podcast and work through what those phases are to me right now. And what I would like for you to do is to listen and see where you would likely fall in this. Because I know where I fall, I'll tell you where that is. But I I want you to start thinking about where you are and where you want to be. And there's no judgment around any area of this framework. Like it might seem like, yeah, I want to be at phase six and only people who are really deeply committed to philanthropy are at phase six. No, any one of these phases is perfect. It's it's great. And there are some areas that are really awesome about them and there's some limitations about those phases. And so really it's more about what do you want to do? How do you, how involved do you want to be? What, what does this have to do with your life in terms of the way that you are focusing your time, energy, resources, all those things? So the six phases are as follows. Phase one is the awareness phase. Phase two is the giving phase. Phase three is the intention phase. Phase four is the habit phase. Phase five is the impact phase. And phase six is the depth phase. If you think about this from phase one being the start um, and before phase one, somebody doesn't even know what the word philanthropy means or has ever really considered the idea, phase one is that initial awareness phase. This is when an individual begins to realize that their money can create meaning, connection, and impact in the world around them. Some of the attributes of this phase would be that the person begins to look outside themselves and see the world as more than just about them and their needs. It's somebody that they begin to be curious about the world events from the point of view of others and not just themselves. 
and they have maybe a longing to be a part of something that is bigger than themselves, or they've realized that just getting more money isn't actually going to create the meaning, connection, impact that they want to create in their lives. Now, the limitations of this phase is that they really don't do anything besides just becoming aware. Um, Philanthropy is merely a thought exercise for them, um, and it's really theoretical. Um, And they often have a pretty uneducated approach to philanthropy because it's just like the way that I was in, in my situation before I started getting involved. I thought the philanthropy was one way and I started to practice it and realized that it was absolutely not. Um, this stage, they're prone to be armchair quarterbacks in the philanthropy and giving spaces. And they get lost in what I like to call clickbait philanthropy or you're on TikTok and you see this really emotional philanthropy thing come across your screen. You put a like on it. It's like, yeah, doing something um, when really there hasn't been a lot that's actually happened there. So that's that's phase one. Uh, phase two is the giving phase. And this is when an individual begins to use their money to give when asked by an outside third party. So some of the attributes or some of the things that somebody would have happen during this phase is that the rubber starts to meet the road with their philanthropy. They actually get out of their armchair and start to do something. And they do this because a outside third party is asking them, is reaching out to them. And so their, their philanthropy is in turn pretty reactive. Uh, they begin to experience some of the personal benefits of giving, like the giving high that happens or less stress in their life, more happiness. Some of the things that we talked about in the podcast, the economics of giving, they start to experience some of that. Um, and they start to have this, this momentum generated that they actually matter in this world, that there are things that they can create and they can be a part of and, and, uh, and that it isn't just all about them. And uh, they also start to see that there a little bit of money can go a long ways when it comes to giving. Some of the limitations of this phase, though, is that the giving doesn't actually happen unless it is facilitated by an outside third party and that it is really reactive. And so there is not much ownership in the philanthropy. They don't really see things through. They just write a check or, you know, drop some gift off at somebody's house and they don't really take responsibility for it. Um, They go through a lot of buyer's remorse when it comes to uh, philanthropy. There's that scarcity tug of war that we talked about in last week's uh, podcast where their needs are on full display against uh, the needs of the people that they could potentially be impacting. Phase three, we start to get into the intention phase. And this is a phase where an individual begins to be proactive with their philanthropy. And instead of waiting around for other people to give them opportunities or to ask them, they are actively starting to look at what good their money can create in the world around them. Some of the attributes that happen or or some of the things that are uh, experienced during this third phase is that their giving starts to be self-sustaining and motivated by their inner drive to create good. And so... Again, it's proactive. It's not just this reactive third-party giving. 
their awareness begins to create opportunities for them to give. And so they are the person that is out there in the weeds, getting involved and looking for these opportunities on their own. And in this phase, they start to solidify that they matter, that their money really matters. And before, in the second phase, it was just the idea that that could be the potential. In this phase, that concept of them mattering in the world starts to be solidified. The limitations that are inherent in this phase, though, is that there really isn't a lot of momentum in their giving because although it is planned, there isn't really a sustainable mechanism in place for them to do it over and over again. So it's kind of this start and stop, start and stop situation. And so there's not a lot of momentum that that takes place. Uh, And giving is still more about how they feel than really how the person on the other side feels. Uh, They don't really do a ton of research in their philanthropy, although it is proactive. There's not like this, this depth of understanding around the problems and challenges that they want to get involved with. Phase four is the habit phase of philanthropy. And this is when an individual begins to develop the habit of philanthropy where they put aside money on a reoccurring basis to create good in the world around them. So instead of just this start and stop situation, it's this more sustainable, drawn out experience. And so this might look like, you know, a lot of momentum starting to build around their philanthropy. Um, And they actually start to be able to decouple themselves from their money. And so they don't experience that tug of war because it's just starting to become a part of who they are as a person and their money in this area is already spent. They don't even have to worry about it anymore. The main limitation in this phase is that a person still doesn't have a lot of personal ownership in the outcome of their philanthropy or in the impact of their philanthropy. And so while they're doing it on a reoccurring basis, they aren't really thinking a lot about how it actually impacts the people that they are getting involved with with giving. It's more sustained, there's more momentum, but there isn't a lot of focus on impact. And so in phase five, that's where that attribute starts to become a real big piece of somebody's philanthropy. In phase five, an individual becomes curious about the true impact of their philanthropy. And instead of just giving their money to organizations and projects that are interesting, they actually take the time to do the research around how this money is going to be used in the good that is being created by the organization, or they do the research on their own projects to understand the true impact of their giving after it occurs. So some of the attributes or some of the things that people might experience in this area is that they actually begin to measure what the impact is of their funds. And because they're starting to measure that, they begin to take ownership of it. And so if somebody doesn't have a good experience with their philanthropy or an organization isn't doing the job that they said that they were going to do, this person starts to really understand what that looks like. And they start to be seen as a leader in their community 
around philanthropy, whether that's on a, a large scale space or that is just in their in their friend group. When people want to get involved, they are involved enough that people start to look to them as, hey, how do I how do I get involved in the work that you are doing? The main limitation of this phase is that it is still pretty surface level when it comes to their focus. Now, they're measuring, what they're measuring in the impact is not service level, but the actual focus that they have or the depth of understanding that they have around the challenges or the good that they want to create in the world uh, is pretty limited still. And so that's when phase six comes into play, and that is the depth phase. And this is when an individual discovers a particular challenge in the world they want to focus on being a part of real deep understanding and change. Instead of saying on the surface level of this type of philanthropy, the philanthropist begins to take a deep dive into the challenges at hand and spends a lot of time educating themselves around what is actually happening and how their money over an extended period of time or their involvement on this topic over an extended period of time can create the good that they want to see in the world in that particular area. So some of the ways that this would show up or some of the things that somebody would experience during, the, during this phase is that they start to understand that true change begins with education, understanding, a clear understanding of the challenge, and they're willing to put in the time and the effort to be able to gain that. So it's not just them funding things, but they actually have an understanding of the problem or challenge at hand that they want to get involved with, and they're starting to understand the nuances behind it. They're also becoming a really good researcher into not only the organization in the like in the impact phase, but also in the actual theory behind how the organization is addressing the issue. And so they have a really intimate relationship with those partners that they're choosing to be involved with. And they really begin to understand who the real stakeholders are. And so that's why they really start to become a leader in that space. In this phase, there are some limitations to going so deep, and that is that they may get pigeonholed or somebody might get overwhelmed with the challenge and experience because when we're staying on the service level, it's really easy to dismiss it at night. Uh, if we're not on the front lines of education and information on a refugee crisis, it may be easy for us to step away from it. While if you are actually in the care of those refugees or you're intimately involved with an organization that is caring about them, you may experience uh, some of that feeling of unease that, that can come in, in philanthropy. So this is the philanthropy continuum that I have started to put together or the phases of philanthropy that really map out the journey that I foresee myself taking. And I want to ask you where you think you fall in that journey. Where does, that, where does that show up for you? Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out in the world and create good with the money in our pockets together. Talk soon.